Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I want us to go in our Bibles to Matthew, the 8th chapter. Uh, we have been in a series, I began it before I actually left, and so we kind of re- recapped a little bit on Wednesday night. Uh, we've been talking about the believer's authority. And I'm thinking this is like number four. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think it is. But let's find Matthew 8. Matthew 8. Now, here's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about how to exercise authority. Not only do we have authority, but we have to know how to exercise it. Amen? Amen. And so so we've been talking about that. And um, I'm going to continue talking about that this morning and then... Wednesday night, I don't know why I keep wanting to say Thursday night, but Wednesday night, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about why authority doesn't work sometimes, because that's good to know. We want it to work, amen? So Matthew chapter 8, this is scripture, like I said, we've read before, we've talked about before, but we're going to talk about it again. In Matthew 8, verse number 5, it says, when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion or a soldier who was over a hundred men, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority, and having soldiers unto me, and I say to this man, go, and he goes to another, come, and he comes to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now listen to this. This is not, this this guy's not an Israelite. He's not in covenant. Are you listening now? He's not in covenant with God. Uh, He's an outsider. But when, verse 10 says, but when Jesus heard it, he marveled. And he said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now, I, I, I saw one time that Jesus marveled twice in the Scriptures. One was at unbelief and the other was at faith. I want to marvel him on the faith side. I, I would say I probably marveled him on the unbelief side before. Probably all of us have. But that's not what we want to do. Amen. Verse 13, skip down to that. Jesus said unto the centurion, go your way as you have believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed in the self same hour. Now, I've never, you know, I've never been in the military. I've never served in the military. Uh, Some of you may have. I never have. You know, I was a little bit young for Vietnam. It ended uh, when it ended, I was still a little young for being drafted to Vietnam. Uh, but I have watched a Gomer Pyle United States Marine Corps. So I do think I know a little bit about how it's not supposed to be done. <laughs> how many are old enough? You've seen that show. Amen. Golly. Well, you know. <clears throat> but this man, he, he's in the military. And he is used to authority. 
In other words, he, he says to Jesus, he says, um, you know, I, I'm not worthy. I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not in covenant with God. I'm not a Jewish man. I'm a Roman centurion. I have, you know, no uh, covenant with God. And I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But if you'll just speak the word, my servant will be healed. And it marveled Jesus. Jesus, I've never seen anything like that. Now, why, what marveled Jesus? Well, this man's grasp of authority. And the fact that there's not only authority in the natural, but there's authority in the spirit. And that grasp that he had, he, he said to Jesus, he said, I understand how this works. I'm a man under authority. I've got people over me, okay? And I have people under me. I'm a man of authority. And I say to this one, go. He goes to this one, do this. He does it to my servant, do that. He does it. He said, I understand, Jesus, you have authority. And you don't have to do, all you've got to do is just speak the word. And my servant will be healed. He connects speaking with authority, didn't he? See, you know, I've told you this, and it's a, maybe a lame illustration, but anyway, it's mine. So, you know, what if the praise team came in today, got up on the platform, and all of the strings on the guitars were cut? Jason went to the drums, and the drumsticks were broken. Jill went to the keyboard, and the keys were smashed. And they said, what is going on? And somebody speaks up and said, well, pastor said he wanted to preach today and he didn't want to have praise and worship. How many know, I don't have to do that. All I have to do is just say, I'm going to preach all service. Now, why can, why can I do that? Authority. What if somebody comes in off the street and goes up to Miss Jill and says, I don't want the church having praise and worship today. Do you think she's going to listen to them? No, she's not going to listen to them because she recognized they don't have any authority to do that. They're not the pastor. Amen. And so that's what this man is saying to Jesus. I recognize you have authority in the realm of the Spirit. And if you say, my servant's healed, my servant's healed. Now, he did that often. Jesus said, go your way. As you believe, so be it done unto you. And was, Jesus... <laughs> Jesus understood that, that this, Jesus, excuse me, Jesus saw this man understood how authority works. If you have authority, all you have to do is speak. All you got to do is speak. Amen. Now, you know, I'm, I, I uh, appreciate your help. I'm still recovering from this trip, I guess, you know. I mean, you know, it was a lot of travel, a lot of travel. And I usually, I, the last time I was bounced back in two days, but I, I'm, I'm getting there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. But we did a lot of things. Amen. Uh, but listen to this. I, want, I, want, I read this one time in uh, the Message Bible. And, uh, you know, I liked what it said. Uh, in Matthew 8, 8 and 9, it says this in the Message. Oh, no, said the captain. I don't. I don't want to put you to all that trouble. Just give the order and my servant will be fine. I'm a man who takes orders and gives orders. I tell one soldier go and he goes to another come and he comes to my slave. Do this and he does it. Now there was something about that when I read that, that giving orders, that stuck with me. That got into my spirit. And I thought that's the way we're supposed to do our lives. We're not just supposed to take life as it comes. 
Amen. We're supposed to give orders. Amen. Many, many years ago, you know, back in uh, the, uh, might have been the late 1990s, or somewhere close to that, I was living a life of lack. Now, God always took care of us. We always paid our bills. But, brother, there were times, you know, there wasn't a whole lot left over. I've told you the story one time, you know, how uh, all of us Christians, after we have church, we like to go fellowship. And you know what that means. Food. We're going to fellowship with food. And so one, one Sunday, I remember Phyllis and I were like, we don't have any money to buy our lunch, you know. And I always tease, and I, I'm, I say this humorously because there's, there's somebody in this church that every time they'd see us in a restaurant, they'd buy our lunch. We, sometimes they do it. We didn't know they did it, you know, till, till after the fact. We didn't know they was in there. And so Phyllis said, I guess we'll have to go home. I said, well, we could drive around and look and see where they're eating at today. Praise the Lord. <laughs> And I meant that as a joke. I wasn't going to abuse that at all. And I didn't do that. I went home and, you know, and suffered through, uh, you know, home food. Oh, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. To us, a great trial of our faith is we didn't get to go out for two weeks. That's a great trial of our faith. I think it was... Uh, Deanne was preaching one time and she was talking about, you know, there's this old song, It Is Well With My Soul. And I think somebody did a remake of that song and she was talking about what they said they went through, which, you know, I mean, you know, if you're going, if it's you, how I many know it's a major trial? That's what a great trial is. That's your trial, right? Everybody else just get over it, you know? And it wasn't like a great big thing, you know, but they were like talk, giving their testimony. This is what I went through. And I remade this song. And, and I said to I think I said to Deanne, I said, you know, the guy that wrote that song, it is well with my soul, had just lost his wife and his child. And he wrote that song. I mean, he, he was going through some things. And he said, it's well with my soul. Amen. You know, nobody wants to lose their wife and their child. But if they know Jesus, you're going to meet him again. Yeah. Right? None of us want to lose loved ones, praise the Lord. We, you know, we want the rapture to come. Let's all go together. Yeah. Amen. But should, should, you know, the Lord tarry and, you know, I go on, uh, I hope Phyllis keeps going on. Amen. Why are you all so quiet? You say, I don't want my wife going on. I want her mourning over that graveside. <laughs> Night and day for 40 days, 40 nights, fasting, weeping. It ain't going to happen that way. I've been to too, I've preached too many funerals, been to too many funerals. The moment we get you in the ground, chuck you in the clay, we're going to go eat chicken. Now, that may seem kind of selfish, but you've got to move on. It's well with my soul, the guy said. Why? Because, because he knew, he knew that there, there's, there's something beyond this life. Paul said, if in this life we only have hope here, we're of all people most miserable. Man, if salvation only works for right now, it's good. God blesses you. I mean, I'm, you know what I'm saying. But if this is it and it's all over with when we die, then Paul said, we might as well eat and drink. 
because tomorrow we die. But thank God there's a hereafter. I said there's a hereafter, praise the Lord. Amen. Now, when we talk about our authority, when we talk about that, you can't talk about authority in the right way without talking about what you say. And you may be thinking, I get tired of hearing about what you say. Well, listen, you need to understand that life consists of basically three things. Your thoughts, your words, your deeds or your actions. You can't sin outside of thought, word, and and deed. You can't do righteousness outside of thought, word, and deed. If you get your thoughts lined up with God's word, you get your actions lined up with God's word, and you get your words lined up with God's word, you're about to be blessed extremely in life. So that's what God told Joshua, meditate in my word, in this in my word day and night. Get that on, get that on your mind, see? And that you may be able, and let it not depart from your mouth. Talk it. That you may be able to, to do according. He talked about it right there. Thoughts, words, deeds. Joshua, get your thoughts right. Get them on the word. Get your, get your mouth right. Get it on the words and get your deeds right. Live according to the word. And you're going to prosper wherever you go. How could you not? It's God's word. I said, it's God's word. How could you not prosper? It's God's word. You think God's prosperous? Oh, my gosh. You ever read the brochure about heaven? It's in the book of Revelation. It's something else. I mean, the gates are made from one giant pearl. Think about that. Could you imagine the size of that oyster that produced that? The streets are, are transparent gold. All kinds of... God's prosperous. How many know that? How many believe God lives by His Word? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Now, so when we talk about you have to get your words lined up, we're just, we're just simply saying, and, and uh, we're just simply saying, you, you need to think about what you're saying in your daily life. I want, to, I want to emphasize this because a lot of times this is what happened in times past, is people would begin to confess God's promises over their life when they had a problem. And see, that's, that, that's good, but that's not good enough because you need to do it all the time. That's right. See, you're, when God told man to take dominion over the earth, you see, in the, in the beginning, uh, he repeated that in Matthew 28 to the church to have dominion. And so we take dominion by what we talk about in our daily lives. Are you listening now? See, I've been at this a long time, and I know we all have to work on this. Amen. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, and I'm not talking about being a confession cop where you pull people over and give them tickets for what you call a negative confession or a bad confession. I think think we went, I don't just think we did. I know we went in the ditch with that because we had people confessing things that the Word doesn't even promise. You know, like you'd ask somebody, are you feeling okay today? Oh, I'm fine. I feel well. I, and then they threw up. And you're thinking, you, you know, look, see, it's not denying something that's going to help you. We can admit we have challenges. 
right? People get in prayer line back in those days. What's wrong with you? Nothing. Well, get out of the prayer line. Save space for somebody that's actually got a problem. See, it was just, that was foolishness. Amen? Amen? See, one of our brethren came along back in those days. He's in heaven now, but he was a powerful, powerful faith man, man of God. And he came out with a book called Faith, Foolishness, and Presumption. He said there's faith, true faith, which is based on what God promised you you could have. There's foolishness. That's just stuff that you made up. There's presumption. You presume God's going to you know, step in and intervene for you when you don't have any word from it. Amen. It's like Brother Hagin told one time about a guy that called, tried to get a hold of him, you know, and, and talked to him and, and finally got through to Brother Hagin's wife and wanted to talk to Brother Hagin. Well, you know, Brother Hagin couldn't just talk to everybody that wanted to talk to him and have a, have a normal life. And so she said, well, Brother Hagin, you know, maybe I can answer your question. He said, well... I, I, I did what Brother Hagin said. I ordered a brand new van, and since I'm trusting God for the money, I loaded it with everything. He says, now it's in, and I don't have the money. What should I do? Well, you should probably go apologize and say I was a fool. No, you would be all right to believe God for, you know, a, a van, if you want a van, right? Right? But you better wait till He provides the money before you order it. You ever heard of faith checks? Faith checks are hot checks. <laughs> Amen. God doesn't... Prov Listen, I've been at this long enough to know what's foolishness, and, and I've committed to foolishness. Hallelujah. And so it's got to be based on the Word. Amen. God promised to meet your needs, but He didn't say go order a brand new van and not have any money. That's just foolishness. Anyway, praise the Lord. That's good preaching. All right, you didn't think so, but I, I do. I don't care whether you think so or not. I think it's good preaching. People need to know this. They, do silly, they still do silly things today. And it's like, I never taught you that. I didn't teach you that. Amen. Amen. I taught you what, to say what the Word says about you. Praise God. Amen. Say what the Word says about you. So uh, the man said, I, I give orders. In other words, I, <laughs> I, I, I give orders because I'm under, we'll talk about this Wednesday night. I'm under authority, so I have authority, and I give orders, and those orders are obeyed. I don't, he doesn't have to go out and carry it out himself. He just gives the orders. Amen. Look at Matthew. We're in Matthew 8. Go to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Gosh, Pastor, I was going to order a brand new four-wheel drive today. and Well, just make sure you got some money. <laughs> Amen. Now, you know, there's been instances where God's told people to do stuff and they maybe didn't have money, but He told them to do it. They just didn't like them trying this by faith. Right. If God told you, I mean, you got a word from God. Yeah, right? right? Yeah. I mean, I started this church without, uh, you know, without a congregation. And, and I mean, I signed a lease. I don't know how many year lease it was. I don't remember now. But I just knew this. If God didn't come through, I didn't have the money to pay for the lease. But now listen, I didn't do that foolishly like I'm going to try this. I heard from God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The Lord told me. I prayed about it. The Lord told me what to offer them for the building. They wanted $2,200. This was years ago, so stuff's higher now. But they wanted $2,200 a month for the building, the first building we were in, like it was worth it, you know. <laughs> but anyway, that's just the way they are. And so the Lord told me, He said, offer me $800 a month for that building. And the lady, you know, who uh, was, you know, um, worked for the company, she said, well, I'll... 
She said, I'll, I will think about it over the weekend. I'll get, because I told her, I said, I'm not paying you $2,200 for this building. You know, I mean, I'm not going to do it. I only have a congregation. I, I, you know, in those days, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't make $2,200. And so, uh, i never forget, you know, she called me on Monday. She said, I'll tell you what, I'll let you have it for $805 a month. Now, that was $5 away, but I just told God I can cover the five. <laughs> I, I know I can handle that much. If I can't handle that much, we're in trouble here. So, you know, but I didn't do that just because I decided I was going to try that. I'm going to try that. I heard from God that you should lease this building. Amen. And uh, so thank God. It, it, it worked, and, and we were able to pay for it every month. Amen. Now, uh, it's like I told the lady at this building. Uh, I said, Carolyn, I said, if we can't ever pay for it some month, I'll give you the key back. She said, oh, Lord, I don't want the key back. <laughs> she wants the money. Amen. Now, Matthew 18, go there. Matthew 18. Come on, are you with me now? <laughs> All right. Now, verse 18, look at this. It says, Verily I say unto you, this is Jesus, whatsoever you shall bind. Now, who? Who bind? God bind? Jesus bind? The angels bind? No. You. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, it may be the Amplified Bible. I, I don't remember. I've got it written down in, my, in, in this Bible, this King James Bible. But uh, th this, this is what one translation says. Listen to this. This is so good. A no on earth is a no in heaven. That's strong. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. Now, when he says, whatsoever you bind or you forbid, everybody say forbid. forbid. Whatever you loose, everybody say permit. So it's up to us what we permit or what we allow in our lives. Come on, listen to me now. I, I didn't say things wouldn't come to test you, but it's up to you if you're going to allow it to stay. It's up to you. And Jesus said, if you say no, then heaven will join you and say no. If you say yes, heaven will say yes. Amen. This is just plain. I don't know how people have missed this, but it's, it's just plain, isn't it? I said it's plain, isn't it? See, see here's, here's what I think we have. We have two different types of Christians in the church. We have... Uh, um, thermometer Christians and thermostat Christians. You know what the difference is? A thermometer tells you what you got. A thermostat calls for what you want. See? My, my study at my home is over the garage. We got a bonus room over the garage. And it's got separate uh, thermostat to it. So I can control it cold or warm as I want. It's my man cave. Amen. And so, you know, when I leave it, I'll shut the air off because nobody's going to be up there. And uh, I'll get back sometimes, and it's 84, 85 degrees up there. It's warm. It's on days like that, I'm glad I don't just have a thermometer. 
Because that thermometer would tell me it's 85 degrees. Suffer. But the thermostat tells me what you want. I'll crank it down to 74. And all of a sudden, something starts happening. Cool air starts blowing in there. Hallelujah. And it isn't long. It isn't long for it's 74 degrees. There. Thank God for a thermostat. See, when the heat gets turned up in your life, you better use your thermostat, not your thermometer. Amen. You better use your thermostat. And call for what you want instead of calling for what you already have. Remember when you was a kid and you wanted to be sick? Am I the only goofball in here? It meant time off from school. So, you know, mom would stick the thermometer in your mouth. (laughs) Hi, mom. (laughs) And then... Uh, leave, and then you'd hold it over the heat register. <laughs> Mom would come in there, and you, oh, you got a fever, got a fever, you know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Hey, man. All right. Say, so, you know, the thing of it is, is all it's doing is, tell, all that thing is doing is telling you what you have. And that's the way some believers are. They just want to talk about what they have. You know, we're sorry you have problems. We're sorry, and we'll pray with you. And it's okay to share it with us and say, pray with me, believe with me. But don't stop there. Amen. See that, you know, just like that thermostat, it has a thermometer on it too. It'll tell you what the temperature is. But I don't just look at that and say, oh, my gosh, it's 84 degrees. It's going to be a hot day up here praying today. No, I'm going to use my thermostat. Amen. (laughs) We've got to become more like we're thermostats, where we call for what we want. Amen. Now, now listen now. Is this all, is this Bible? Well, of course it is. Jesus said, speak to the mountain. Didn't he? Well, that was Jesus that said that. I'm not going to be anybody to tell him that he's a hyper faith teacher. I'm going to accept his words. Amen. And that, and we talked about it, you know, Wednesday night. That's how you got out of the kingdom of darkness. You confessed Jesus as your Lord and it got you delivered. Satan can't hold you when you speak the word of God. God told Jeremiah, he said, I'm going to put my words in your mouth. Amen. And you're going to build and plant. You're going to root up, tear down, pull down, destroy. And he said, I, I, the King James says, I, I will hasten my word to perform it. But literally, when you look at that, that word hasten, it's a good word, but it literally means I'm, I will watch over my word to perform it. I'm watching out to perform my word. Whether that comes out of God's mouth or like God told Jeremiah, his mouth. I'm going to perform it. Amen. Amen. One, of the, one of the scriptures that, you know, I've liked over the years. Uh, matter of fact, let's just go there and we'll read it quickly. In James chapter 3. We talked about this also. Go ahead and go to James chapter 3 if you would. We talked about this also Wednesday night about how the Bible says that we're to reign as kings. The King James says we're to reign in life, but the word reign there means kings. Reign as kings in life by one, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes 8.4 says where the word of a king is, there's power. There's power. How many know we've been made kings and priests? There's power. Now, I, I like to be, you know, I like to just make sure we all understand that I'm not saying you're going to say, th- say, say things three times and, my gosh, all your problems are going to be gone. 
It's like one lady came to one, uh, one minister, Brother Caps. he said one time, a lady came to him and said, I said that three times and nothing happened. Yeah. He said, well, aren't you a trooper? We're, see, we're talking about talking in line with God's Word 24-7. Is, is, that, is that all right? Are we getting, I'm not talking about when you get in trouble. Now, you can do this when you get in trouble, but it's a little harder because you're trying to build your house during a storm. So you should already have your, your house built, your blessing house, your redemption house built. And then when trouble comes, which it will come, amen. Uh, we're not believing for it, but it will come, amen. Uh, it, when it does come, you have a house built on a firm foundation and the storm won't blow your house down. Amen. You know, uh, a guy, this is a true story that I heard. A, a guy, uh, fairly wealthy, he, he had a friend who was, a, you know, a builder. And or a, he knew a guy, maybe he wasn't his friend. Wait, wait till I get down with the story and you'll think maybe he wasn't his friend. But he knew a guy that was a builder. A guy was going through hard times. They weren't building houses. And, he, and so he thought, you know what? I'm going to bless this guy. I'm going to have him build a house for me. And when he's done, I'm going to give it to him. So he said, I want you to build a house for me. And this builder used cheap, shoddy materials. Used cheap, you know, um, I'm, I'm not going to go there because I, I don't want to. But he used... Cement, it wasn't mixed right totally, too much water in it. He cut corners, all this, because he could save a little money and make a little bit more money on this house, and the guy needed some money. Well, how I many you know that's never the way to do it? The way to do it is to be honest and trust God and have integrity and let God bless you. But he thought, I'll make a little bit more money off this house, you know, because of the way I'm doing it. When he got it all done and he, you know, turned the keys over to the guy, the guy said, here's the keys back. I had you build that for me, but so I could give it to you. Anybody ever been in a builder's house? A real builder? Yeah. It's different than your house. What do you mean? It's got more insulation. It's got better uh, fixtures in it. It's got better carpet. It's got better countertops. It's got better tiles. It's got better everything in it because that's his house, right? Amen. Well, have me know, you and I, 24-7, by our words, we're building our house. Don't build it shoddy by cutting corners. Build it based on the word, amen? Hallelujah. Are you getting anything today? All right, let's close with this in, in uh, James chapter 3, if you would. Uh, <clears throat> it says, verse 1, My brethren, be not many masters or teachers, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation or stricter judgment. For in many things we offend all, or we, we offend in many things. Uh, if any man offend, not in word the same as a perfect man. Now listen, and able also to bridle the whole body. Isn't that something? That if you can keep your tongue closed, you can control your whole body? Yeah. So, if we have a problem with our body, what, what, what should we probably work on? Our tongue. He said you can bridle the whole body. Amen. And um, <laughs> I'm working on losing weight. Uh, I said when I got back from Uganda, I'd lose weight. And, and from where I was, I've dropped about uh, eight pounds. Hallelujah. 
It means there's only about 30 more to go or so, whatever. But, but James says if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole body. See? In other words, if you have the power to not use your tongue for ill, you'll have the power to control your whole body. Amen. Hallelujah. So, all right. I just thought you might enjoy that. I don't think you did, but anyway. You ought to know if you're, if you're overweight, your mouth's your problem. <laughs> That's hard to figure out, is it? Amen. All right. He said, uh, verse 2 again, For in many things we offend all, we offend all in many things. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. You know, those massive horses, they're just by a little bit, they're controlled. Behold, also the ships, though they be so great and are driven to fierce winds, uh, yet they're turned about with a very small helm where the, the governor or the, the captain desires. What's James saying? He said, look, just like a horse is controlled by a little bit, just like a ship is controlled by a little rudder, your life is controlled by your tongue. In other words, if you don't like the direction you're going, you've got to change what you're saying. Right? Now think about it in the area of marriage, all right? Uh, this is taking a risk here, but uh, in the area of marriage. How many know if you talk right to one another, you're going to have a good marriage, yeah. right? Uh, you know, if you ever get a chance to uh, watch the Andy Griffith Show, uh, Google sometime the uh, uh, Andy the Marriage Counselor. Do that one. Because there was a couple on there that they fought constantly. They were called the Boons. And they fought. Have you ever seen that one? They, they fought constantly. You know, he would call the food slop. You call this slop food? And they, and of course, they'd throw dishes at one another and the neighbors would call. And so Andy, he had to deal with them, you know. And finally, he, he, he set them down. And he said, now, you're either going to do what I say or I'm going to lock you up. And so he would have the, the, the guy would say, morning, honey. Well, he would, morning, honey. Morning, dear. And he would make them do it. And they kept doing it until it became real. And their marriage troubles ceased because of the words of their mouth. Morning, honey. Everybody say, morning, honey. Morning, dear. How about try that in your marriage and see if that helps? The only negative thing about the Boones is once they got at peace with one another, then they fought with everybody else. So Andy had to get them back fighting with one another, so they leave everybody else alone. But I'm persuaded better things of you. Amen? So, I mean, just in, just in that area, you would know that your words have a great effect on your marriage. Amen. They have effect on every area of your life. Amen. He went on to say, let's, let's finish out here. He said, verse 5, he said, e e for, so, so the tongue is a little member, and it boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter, or that really is forest, a little fire kindles. So just take a little spark to burn down the whole fire, or whole forest. The tongue is a fire, it's a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, now that it defiles the whole body, and it sets on, a fire, uh, sets on fire the course of nature, and it's set on fire of hell. Now, that's a, that, that's a wordy verse, but what he's saying by this, he's saying your tongue can set on fire your natural life by hell. 
In other words, you can, you can ignite the fires of hell in your natural life by your tongue. By your tongue. You know, I know, I know now I'm a, I'm a little lovable fuzzball. But when I was a kid, I was a little uh, trouble. I, I got in trouble at school and you know, I, the one teacher told me I was going to end up to be like Adolf Hitler. False prophet. But I remember one time, I think I was in third or fourth grade, I, I don't remember. But the neighboring teacher, she comes into our room, you know, and she, sa- she says to my teacher, do you have any paper floating around here anywhere? Well, I answered back. I don't see any floating around anywhere. That woman said this. She said, if that mouth was in my class, I'd cave it in. They could do that stuff in those days. Then they could literally cave it in and get away with it in those days. You come home. Randy came home one time with pieces of ruler in his pocket where the teacher broke a ruler over his head. They could do that in those days. Seemed to have a lot less problems, too. But that semester, grading period, I got an F in citizenship, an F. I failed as a citizen of the United States of America. (laughs) Mom, I don't know if you remember that or not, but I'm telling you, you remember that, yeah. When I brought that F in citizenship home, Dad adjusted that grade. I'll never forget, by the green recliner, he bent me over and let me know, we're going to bring that up a little bit, and you're going to be, a, you're going to be able to live in America. <laughs> but I, bur- I set my whole world on fire by my mouth. See? We can do that. We can set our whole world up on fire by our mouth, by what we say. You've you, you, you got to think before you speak. And, and I, I've, I've learned this. You don't have to say everything that comes to your mind. You don't have to. Because some of that's not from God. Amen. You know, so you just learn to control your tongue and and learn to speak over your life what God has said about your life. Amen. You know, you're sure you may be dealing with some physical issues right now. And we don't deny that. And we're not saying, you know, don't get help. Don't get medical help. Don't, you know, but we're saying, why don't you speak over your physical body what God's word says about it? Amen. Well, what does God's word say about it? Well, that's part of the problem. You need need to go find out. Amen. It says, by his stripes you were healed. Amen. All right. Now let's finish reading this out. Verse 7 says, For every kind of beast and a bird and serpents and things in the sea is tamed, has been tamed to mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now he didn't say the tongue couldn't be tamed. He said you can't do it with natural man power. Man can't do it. It takes God's word. Right? Jesus said, out of the bones of the heart the mouth speaks. You have to put something different in your heart. Uh, Therewith bless we God, even the Father. Therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things not ought so to be. So what are we saying here? Well, we're simply saying this. God gave us authority, but it hinges on what we say with our mouths. What we speak over our lives. That's how we take dominion. Isn't that right? That's how we take dominion. Amen. And when someone has authority, that's all they need. Amen. 
You know, I've had, you know, I, I mean, I just remember, like I said, going, growing up in school, we had teachers that they didn't have to do a lot of stuff. They just told you, sound, shut up. You sat down and shut up because you knew that they would, they would back it. That's right. Amen. I got my last paddling in school when I was a senior. I'm convinced after that they can't come and get you. I think like the, the statute of limitations passes away or something. But if not, they might still be getting me for something. I skipped one class for a whole month. And uh, uh, some way or another, they thought that deserved a whack. I remember the teacher saying, I hate to spank a senior. I'm thinking, hey, don't. <laughs> I agree with you. I hate for you to do it too. Amen. But you know what? You and I have authority in the spirit realm. I don't have authority over your life. I could help you, but you do. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.